What's working on purpose anyway? Each week we ponder the answer to this question. People ache for meaning and purpose at work, to contribute their talents passionately and know their lives really matter. They crave being part of an organization that inspires them and helps them grow into realizing their highest potential. Business can be such a force for good in the world, elevating humanity. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration to help usher in this world we all want, working on purpose. Now, here is your host, Dr. Elise Cortez. Welcome back to the Working on Purpose program. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Dr. Elise Cortez, joining you live from Dallas, which is home base for me. If you don't know me yet, I'm a management consultant specializing in meaning and purpose, organizational logotherapist, inspirational speaker, social scientist, and author. I help organizations develop their team into inspirational leaders and create cultures where people actually want to come to work and do their best. I provide programs like Grab Your Gusto that enable individual team members to discover and unleash their passion and purpose at work to catalyze fulfillment, engagement, and productivity across the entire organization. You, you can learn more about me and how we can work together at EliseCortez.com and Gustav-Now.com. Let me thank my partner and sponsor, Work Proud. We are a perfect collaboration. Everyone wants to know they matter and the work they do is appreciated and is meaningful. Work Proud helps companies do just that through their mobile platform that is built to encourage employees to share stories and recognize each other's contribution. Work Proud empowers HR and business leaders to help create company cultures where all employees are inspired to feel proud of their work and proud of their company. Learn more at workproud.com. With us today is Natalie Benamou, the CEO of Her Power to Lead. Her company's premier product is her C-Suite membership, a game changer for the way women accelerate results to get business done. She is also the host of her C-Suite Radio, a podcast for women leaders on the move. We'll be talking about how she started this venture in the pandemic and what she has learned women need to ascend in their careers. She joins today from Elgin, Illinois. Natalie, welcome to Working on Purpose. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. Right. Is this just great gobs of fun? It should be like this, right? Just like this. Yes. Well, I'm happy to share you with our listeners across the world, um, of course, half of which are women. And and so to get right into this content, let's just go straight for the jugular, shall we? Um, yes. let's, let's start by talking about how women are feeling in today's climate. You talk about some stats that you got from, from Deloitte that I think really paint a kind of a grim picture. Can you share them with us? Yes. Well, you know, it's interesting. I think everyone can relate to this. And I was asked today, well, how did men do with this? So for the men listening, let's hear from you. But what I um, have found with the Deloitte uh, survey that you mentioned, they they tested 5,000 women. They asked 5,000 women. And the stats are telling of how being siloed has impacted women. So the stats that you're referring to is 51% feel less optimistic about their career. 57% are planning on leaving their jobs within the within the next two years. And the most, I think what you're saying is the troubling one, is 77% of women feel overwhelmed. And I think if we talk to anyone in our circle of any kind of, whether it's community, whether it's people we work with, whatever, I think that's universal. Women are feeling overwhelmed and aren't sure where to go to for for help. Mm -hmm. So let's unpack this a little bit here. We can each sort of weigh in what what we've learned about this. What's contributing to these factors, these stats? 
Well, I think obviously the pandemic and the stress that women are experiencing, even if you're, whether you're married and you're a mom or whether you're taking care of your parents, whatever it might be, there's this added factor in our life in the last year and a half. In addition to, there's no separation. People aren't getting in their cars and driving someplace. Even though we would complain in Chicago, like, oh, I've got this commute. You kind of miss the commute, right? I mean, <laughs> because it gave you this downtime, whether you're getting on the phone with a girlfriend or listening to radio like this, um, either way, we're, we're not all commuting anymore. I know many companies are returning back to the office. It depends on the company, whether they're returning back or not, but either way, the remote work, it's hard to separate. And so pile on even more demands, even more opportunities that they're being told are opportunities, but really it's just more work. Mm -hmm. So some of the things that I've learned by continually talking to other, other subject matter experts and business leaders, and then of course reading, is that if you haven't heard about the great resignation, it's alive and well. And for those of you listeners and viewers who don't know what we're talking about, um, that's a stat that, that was actually predicted that um, at least half the, the workforce would, would want to leave their jobs right about now. So we're seeing an, uh, a prediction of anywhere from 35 to over 50% of, of people in at least North America plan to change their jobs sometime this year in 2021 because of this pent up feeling of not being able to grow and not being connected anymore to their organization and many other factors. So really just an awful lot of stuff going on to treat, it sounds like to me. It is, and also, you know, 2.2 um, million women left the workforce, just left last year. That is a staggering number of people when we represented, and I say past tense because now we're not 51% of 2.2 million of us left, but that on top of the great resignation is a sign that people are reevaluating and live wanting to live their purpose, which is what you're about, but thinking about work-life balance and what matters. I hear from people in my community of, you know, what used to matter, like driven to get to that C-suite or driven to get to that next level. They're sort of like, you know what? Life is really short and I don't, I don't care about it anymore as much as I used to. Mm -hmm. I think also concerning because people on the track to lead organizations are now even backing away and saying, you know what, this just isn't worth it to me. The sacrifice I'm making to my health, to my mental well-being, or to my family or you know relations isn't worth it. Mm -hmm. Extremely important points that you're making, Natalie. And, and let's go a little bit further here. Uh, I, I, I forget where I read where I read this or where I saw this, but. When you start thinking about how many women actually chose to leave the workforce or just felt like they didn't have a choice but to leave the workforce, how that's setting back their incomes, their retirement, and even their career trajectory. So there's some real ramifications to whether they chose it because they wanted a, a more fully inclusive work-life harmony or whether they just didn't feel like they have a choice. Um, that's just a lot of backstepping for women in terms of money and career. It is. And I want to give a shout out to a new friend of mine, Jenny Galuzzo at The Second Shift. The Second Shift was started seven years ago, but they really have exponentially grown. And The Second Shift is for women exactly in this place where they felt no choice. They have their children at home and they have to homeschool or whatever that looked like or a sick family member, but they're very qualified. They're educated. They're, they're, you know, women in the workforce that have been there for a while. 
And the second shift offers women a great resource, both for companies who need to hire because they are losing people and for people that are looking for that flexibility. So shout out to Jenny today. Awesome. Way to go, Jenny. Yes. Natasha will be coming on my show too. Who knows? But, yes, you should. Um, uh, yeah, I love talking to people that are up to something that can advance the conversation that we've already had in the last six and a half, six and a half years of being on air about how to create cultures people can actually meaningfully engage in their work, give their best talents yes. and skills, and that they're inspired and that they're part of an organization that betters the world. That is, that's what we're up to on Working on Purpose Radio. So. Anybody who could advance that conversation, I'd love to talk to you. Great. I will do that. I will give you an intro for sure. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, good. Now, as we go on here, ladies and gentlemen, let's next, let me talk to you men. You know that this show serves both men and women. Today, we're talking about women. And there are many other times where we've had different shows just talking about men. But I do want to distinguish, you know, what's really going on for women, because every organ, every group of people often needs their own touch. They need their own sort of way to be cared for and which is what you're up to, to be able to help women. So I wanna next talk about why women in leadership are important to organizations. What do women bring that are important? You know, the stats that I'm so glad that Warren Buffett champions and he's the 38, which is kind of uh, in a way sad because 38% is what he was going for, which would be 38% of women in leadership. But Warren Buffett has said, and you know, here's the, here's a billionaire who's very successful in investment has said, the companies that he now only invests in companies that have women in the C-suite because financially they do better. So while that's true, we still have this this statistic that 41% of this of the Fortune 500 are women CEOs. So there's a little bit of a or a big disconnect for that that um, those numbers and what does that do to the bottom line and so then it, you kind of come full circle to what's happening with with the, the exodus of people in the workplace with women leaving work feeling like there's not an opportunity but women do bring economic prosperity to a company so that i think is is an indisputed undisputed fact but also the the way that they get there is different so a man will look at a job opportunity and i'm friends with men so don't take this the wrong way I like men yeah distinction on how we approach things because our brains are wired as you know you know our brains go one way and and men's brains go a different way um but uh, men will look at a job description there's 10 things and they see one and they're like i got this i'm just gonna go ahead right yeah mm-hmm. women look at the same list and maybe they have eight out of ten and they're like well I guess I got to roll up my sleeves, perfect those other two, raise my hand, and then I will apply for that opportunity. Now you you flip that to what happens behind the scenes, and this is why sponsors are so important. So you talk about women in the workforce and what do they bring. Men are very important to women advancing, and a sponsor especially. One of my favorite stories is Mike Kaufman, who's a CEO at Cardinal Health. He's a big proponent for women and advancing women. And one day he just walked into a conversation with VPs and they were evaluating an opportunity for a woman. And the room was like, you know what? She's got young children. She's not going to want to travel. I don't think we should offer this to her. Mm-hmm. Already making the decision. And he said, hold up. Have you asked her if she wants the job? Right. No, we haven't asked her. We just Turned out mm-hmm. that they did ask her and she did take the job. 
because she worked it out with her husband and family and how to how to care for her children. Imagine what would happen if or what would have happened if he wasn't in that room? Well, that happens all the time. So we're trying to get to leadership and there's these conversations of assumptions that women don't wanna advance or they're stuck in the middle and they're stuck in the middle because people are making assumptions about their choices without even asking them. So mm -hmm. I encourage the men in the audience, ask women, would you be interested? Now, some women aren't interested. That's okay. The lattice goes left and right and up and down. So, mm -hmm. so, but it's important to have those conversations and to ask if you're interested in it. Yeah. And not assume because I, it's kind of a paternalistic thing to do. Like you, you think you're doing this person a favor by, you know, helping them out and not putting too much on them. And it's just the opposite. You're stopping their career. And so let's do two things really quick to what you just said, Natalie. So on the other side of that woman who sees that she's got eight of the 10 requirements, so she, she should roll her sleeves and work on those things. The other side of that then is that a lot of times there's, there's sort of a, you know, a diligence that women bring because of just the way that they've, that they've navigated the career workspace that can be incredibly useful inside organizations, right? So that's the first thing. How that translates to some of the work that I do in the nonprofit space, um, I'm on the board of an organization called Namaste Direct, and they're an organization that serves Guatemalan businesswomen with microloans and business education to take them from uh, poverty to at least the middle class, and they only invest in women. The reason they do that is because women, this is true of many other organizations, not just this organization, but many nonprofits will only invest in women because they are responsible in terms of how they repay the loans. They take and, and plow the money and the resources back into the community. And it's a very, it's a way to lift uh, a community faster than it is just straight through investing in men. Men use those kind of resources differently. So there's some real, real dynamite power in women that I want to make sure that we that we showcase here. Absolutely. Women are, well, I'm biased because I have a company called Her Power 2, which is inspired about gaining power, <laughs> and her C-suite, which is also about surrounding ourselves and creating our own C-suite. So I'm, I'm a little biased. You um, are, and rightly so, because it allows you, we're going to talk more as we go along here about what you're doing in those. But before we get into that, uh, let's also talk quickly about the difference between the path to leadership for men and women. What's how do they each kind of how would you distinguish those paths? Well, I think, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, men are in in a way op operating in a different mindset. But what does that mean economically? So Harvard Business Review just came out with a study that men in their 40s, and please men in the audience, don't take this the wrong way. I'm just giving the stats from Harvard Business Review, which is a very respected resource. Men in their 40s make 55% more than women with the same education background and the same profession. So you think to yourself, well, how is that possible? Exponentially, as women and men go on the same path, if they start out different, you never recoup. And so by the time you're mid-career, you are hugely disproportionate with what you are earning as a woman compared to your male counterpart. And so while, and a lot of times we don't even know what that difference is, but that disparity really is part of the thing that is impacting how people get to the, to the leadership because women are taking on a, a different burden with, with the family and with whatever else is in their life on top of trying to climb, climb the lattice or climb up. 
Mm -hmm. Beautifully said and beautifully situated and a perfect way to take us into our first break, Natalie. I'm your host, Dr. Elise Cortez. We are on the air with Natalie Benamu, who is the CEO of Her Power to Lead. We've been talking a bit about what's going on in the workplace for women and some of the obstacles they face. After the break, we're going to talk more about what she's created in the platform that she's made to help these women ascend. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Dr. Elise Cortez is a management consultant specializing in meaning and purpose. An inspirational speaker and author, she helps companies visioneer for greater purpose among stakeholders and develop purpose-inspired leadership and meaning-infused cultures that elevate fulfillment, performance, and commitment within the workforce. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at EliseCortez.com. Let's talk about how to get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Dr. Elise Cortez. To reach our program today or open a conversation with Elise, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Dr. Elise Cortez is a management consultant specializing in meaning and purpose, an inspirational speaker and author. She helps companies visioneer for greater purpose among stakeholders and develop purpose-inspired leadership and meaning-infused cultures that elevate fulfillment, performance, and commitment within the workforce. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at EliseCortez.com. Let's talk about how to get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Dr. Elise Cortez. To reach our program today or to open a conversation with Elise, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Dr. Elise Cortez is a management consultant specializing in meaning and purpose. An inspirational speaker and author, she helps companies visioneer for greater purpose among stakeholders and develop purpose-inspired leadership and meaning-infused cultures that elevate fulfillment, performance, and commitment within the workforce. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at EliseCortez.com. Let's talk about how to get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Dr. Elise Cortez. To reach our program today or open a conversation with Elise, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. One other bit of news that I want to share with you is that this anthology that I've been working on for the last two years is about to come to life. It's about to be released. It's a collection of 25 stories of women that I recruited from around the world who are sharing their stories, all the gory details of how they've discovered their purpose and now how they're serving from it. And so it's, I'm so proud of it, I could just bust and it's just beautiful. And by the way, speaking of what Natalie said earlier, 
I categorized, I organized those stories by path to purpose. And one path to purpose is passion, just like Natalie's talking about. So that's coming up very shortly. You can find it on, on Amazon. So excited about that. If you're just joining us today, my guest is Natalie Benamou. She's the CEO of Her Power to Lead. She's also the host of Her C-Suite Radio, a podcast for women leaders on the move. She joins us today from Elgin, Illinois. I'm your host, Dr. Elise Cortez. So for this next bit here, I wanted to roll up our sleeves and talk about just really how your magic works. And so um, before we do that, though, I want to hear a little bit about how you've been able to like bridge those those worlds of the older worlds to the new world. So how have you been able to leverage your past knowledge and your network to launch her C-suite? Well, you know, what's really funny is that when I left trade shows, sometimes when you leave something, you think, OK, I'm done. I can't do trade shows ever again. Right. <laughs> and you're like, I'm not even going to do events. I don't want to do any events. I'm just going to do this. And then slowly things start to slide. <laughs> right? So it started with, you know, we're going to host some events and I'm going to have speakers. Of course, I'm going to have speakers. Why wouldn't I? I love having speakers. And I, <laughs> so we started with that. And then I love creating alliances. And when we were talking about earlier about women feeling siloed guess what is more siloed than women women organizations mm. you think about how many organizations women belong to and that we don't we don't talk amongst ourselves right like we have our separate ways and we're in our own lane and there's no mall of women organizations there's no like central place we're all just like going on the, the super highway to to advancement and so it's kind of twofold of what we're doing. So speaking of like how did what's happening is that the trade show part of me couldn't leave, <laughs> couldn't depart ways entirely. So mm -hmm. we are evolving into creating a, a evergreen environment for women organizations to have our own trade show virtually with booths and you know opportunities to speed network and have events and that's evolving in the next six months. So I wasn't able to fully leave my trade show, my trade show. But <laughs> tangentially side to that is lifting women up with advisory circles that we talked about earlier and then our mentoring program. So kind of leveraging every, all the things. I try to take from each of the best things <laughs> that I've learned and bring it together into, into some, some ways of helping lift women up. I had an image as you were talking and I have to share it. First, I love what you've shared here. Why would you want to just throw away all of that knowledge and experience, right? But I had an image that, you know, here you are, you're going through your career, 29 years in the events business, and you created this beautiful vehicle, right? This let's, whatever, whatever you want to get, put it on it, whether it's a sports car, or whatever it is, but you created this beautiful vehicle. And then as you started your, your new company here, you were bolting on additional parts and different features, right? Now it looks like a totally different vehicle, but it still works like a vehicle, right? Why would you let go of all those additional, you know, the, the, the tires and the engine that, that were working so well before that you know really well, right? So to me, what I, the reason I wanted you to talk about that is for our listeners and viewers who are trying to figure out a way to step into their next, there's probably a lot they can do to be able to take and bolt on their past career and what they know and those competencies into what they want to do anew. And and what you did what you've done is gorgeous. I mean I can see that being just incredibly robust. Well that's very kind of you. And I have to say something else, another kind of aha moment <laughs> is that I was in business development my whole career. I sold over 110 million dollars and I never really thought of it as any kind of big deal. 
Okay. So I just did it because I'm good at it. I, I love relationship building. And recently I've been on two programs where people are like, we want to know like your secret sauce. And I was like, what do you mean? Well, talk to us about sales. And I was like, oh, I love the sales thing. Like <laughs> with the trade shows, it's behind me. And they're like, what? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so I would say to your listeners that even if you start embarking on your 2.0 or 3.0, don't ever totally throw the water out. <laughs> don't throw the bath water out with the baby because you can still leverage things that you were good at. And maybe you just didn't even acknowledge that you were, but everyone around you might've known it. And you just sort of said, well, it's just something that comes naturally to me. So embrace your whole self, whatever it is that you're going to do next, because that's really important to show up authentically to your community, to your people, whatever it might be. Oh, I got to grab that one, Natalie, because I'm a Gallup certified strengths coach. So that thing that is just so naturally easy for you, those are your strengths. And and what I and just because they're easy for you doesn't mean that they're they're not tremendously valued to other people. Just because you know, you know. So I always like to say it like this. So when you recognize, you know, Superman can jump over over tall buildings. Do you think that you know he expects you to jump over tall buildings? No, you have your own strengths, right? So. Uh, the, your opportunity to be able to really distinguish yourself in life and really make a contribution that's worthy of your one precious life, as I like to say, is to really discover those those strengths, those talents, and your passion and your purpose, and then just bring them, right? So, but you do have to be, you got to see the light, as if you will, to be able to recognize that these things are actually your strengths and that they are they're useful. So that was a gold nugget right there you gave us, Natalie. Thank, well, thank you. you. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so next, I want to I want to talk about you know this notion of, of showcasing what you've been able to do. So one of the things that I absolutely love about what I get to do as a person who's been in development for years is I love to literally watch people's molecules change right in front of my eyes as I watch them get an, a major aha or insight, or they ascend into a higher station of themselves. That is the most amazing thing to see. So can you share a story of how your program has helped a woman reach her higher being? Well, there's two examples. One is our executive coach um, who is a mentor to me and has really helped me in my career, Lori Wessels. She has two things. She likes to put the smile on corporate America, which I love. <laughs> and she's, she always says, I'm the fun one, So, which is true. She is. But she has this metaphor of riding the wave of transformation and sharing her light out on the ocean. And when you asked me that question, I just thought of like, Lori has this visual. And so when we think about our values, identity and purpose, what does that look like in 3D for you? Because it's, it's words, right? Like it's easy to say like, well, my purpose is I'm passionate about women, but what does that look like? as we lift other people up. And so I think of Lori and how she rides the wave of transformation and how she shines her light out. And there's other women in, in our community who shine their, you know, Melanie Neal who shines her, her beacon of light out and always, always is reaching out to others and lifting them up and recognizing them. And she's another one who reached out to me today, actually. <laughs> um, out of the blue, just like, hey, just wanna, you know. So, um, so there's those people and then I got to watch Lori in action where one of our members was trying to decide she was going to either go down a path of buying a company or she was going to go back to corporate America. She ended up taking a very big chief procurement officer role, 
but Lori helped walk her through those decisions. What do I like doing? It's a very simple exercise, right? What do I like doing? What fills me up? And what could I, you know, do without, right? And in that process, it really helped her identify, well, she really missed being in corporate. And now she's taken on this big role. So Anne has taken this giant leap and, and her molecules are, are lighting the sky for us all. Mm, that is so brilliant. Um, you just made me think of something. So I'll share on my side too. I'm working with a client right now where I'm doing a, it's an eight week leadership program. And of course it's done virtually with, in this case, it's women across the United States. And um, they, they just last week finished their last program where they had to present. And what was so great about it, Natalie, I bet you can relate to this is um, they each had to share in, in their groups. There were 25 on the call and there were four teams and everybody in the team had to, had to have a speaking part. And one of the women, I could see it because I'd been working with her. She was falling apart. She she was having a very hard time delivering her piece. And she was, you know, sort of stuttering and trying to get through it and such. And um, and I, I could see it. And so she'd always been really involved in all the other sessions. And I'm like, gosh, what's, what's going on here? And so at the end of the session, after everybody, everybody had presented, you know, she came up and she spotlighted herself. And she said, I just want to say how hard that was for me. I'm the only one that speaks English as a far distant language. And I was so struggling with that. And I said, oh, my gosh, your growth. We could all see her in the moment, her, her molecules changing as she reached for that and struggled with it and kept on. And I said, you're going to get more out of this program than the rest of us did because of how hard you worked. We saw you transform in those moments, right? Persevering on the other side, right? It's so beautiful. And then to be able to hold her in that space so she feels it, she gets it. She doesn't walk away feeling embarrassed. She walks away with well-deserved value and pride for what she's come through and what she's achieved. So important. You know, what what you're describing, what I'm thinking of is grace. Mm-hmm. So we were talking earlier about it. it's so easy to be hard on ourselves. What did she go to first? She didn't give herself grace and say, you know, that was so hard. But even though I got emotional and even though it was like not what I expected, I did it. I finished. Instead of that grace, she she went to the other side, which we all tend to do, which is like, here's what I didn't do. Here's yeah. what I wish I could have done. Here's how I, I thought it was going to go and it didn't. So I would encourage everyone listening, think about just giving yourself a break and grace that look at what you did and celebrate your wins. Even if it's small, we need to celebrate our own wins, even if it's just getting out of bed today. You know, some days it is hard <laughs> to put that those feet on the ground and make a, a step forward. And so I think that's a wonderful story you shared. Thank you so much. For sharing. Yes. Yeah, you're welcome. So welcome. Um, yeah, and so if we, let's just show you how we could do that, listeners and viewers. How could we give ourselves grace if we were this young woman? Um, she, uh, she she could actually go into that and go, you know, I'm the only one I'm, of, of the people that are in this group that speaks language as a third or fourth language. And I'm going to come and I'm going to present. I'm the only one who's doing that. Hmm. I'm really working at this, right? That's a way to turn that around. So for us to be able to model what it is we're teaching you. So, um, right? I'm a judge for the Holt Prize, if you've heard of it, H-U-L-T Prize. It's a million dollar prize for uh, social entrepreneurs that are in college around the world, 3,000. And um, and I got to sit in, what made me think of this is I'm sitting in on pitch competitions 
with people from not in this country. Most of them were from, you know, fourth world and third world, and they came up with these amazing innovations and, you know, how to turn fish and, you know, CO2 into like a sustainable food in someone's apartment because they're being bombed outside, you know, just crazy stuff that they were solving food, um, you know, food issue that they're solving. And it was just amazing to see, even if their English wasn't, because none of it, none of them really had English, many of them didn't have English as their first language, but seeing what they did and what they came together for, it's so uplifting and celebrating that is so important. So I think if we come across people that are doing that, give them the, the congratulations and lift them up and say, wow, you did this. You're yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, well, I speak four, four, five different languages, and the other four, of course, are romance languages. And I'm telling you, it's hard to, to make yourself understood in another language. It takes yes. a bit. So, um, so really quick, we're, we're coming to the end of our, of our call, but I really want to get two, three more things out of you. So one is um, I wanted you to speak in on this topic here of living on your edge. So I had a great guest on my show a few weeks ago named Gabriel Kazan. And his whole thing is about helping men discover their purpose. Great guest. He said something interesting. He said men are at their best when they live at their edge. But I think that's true for women, too. Mm -hmm. We're literally reaching from the top of our toes to our fingertips for what we strive for. And what I also know through logotherapy is we need that tension between who we are being today and who we're trying to become tomorrow. But what's your perspective on that matter? Are women, do women need edge, too? Oh, well, I think we need edge. And everyone thrives in different ways. For me, I thrive in the last minute challenge of like, okay, I got to, <laughs> I'm going to finish this and, you know, not let perfection slow me down, but in that very last minute push to be on right before going on. And it's like that adrenaline rush. So everybody functions a little bit differently, but I think women have the edge. They ex exhibit the edge all the time and we all can live, live in that way. It just depends on how we apply it. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, I know for me, I definitely am at my best when I live at my edge. For sure. Um, okay. So next thing I want to get from you really quick is what delights you in the work that you're doing? Well, I kind of alluded to it earlier, but I think when I know if I made a difference for someone, it, it really makes everything I do worthwhile. So even though it may be really hard in the moment doing a startup and all the things, if I helped one woman make progress or get success or do a connection and introduction alliance, whatever, um, that really delights me. And then I have to say the other thing is my girls. Um, my two daughters are amazing and they inspire me every day to strive to be better, to do my best because I want to make it something great for them in the future. That's awesome. That's so awesome. Yeah. So in other words, when you talk about what, what it is that you, what you appreciate, what you're doing, you're mattering right? People want to matter. That's what yes. we're up to here, right? So we've done it. We've got through the show already. We're at the end. Um, say in about 15 seconds, what would you like to leave our listeners with today? I would love for people to join Women's Equality Day. If you go to Eventbrite, we're going to have a great session on Women's Equality Day and visit hercsuite.com if you want to learn more about all the amazing women that are in our community. Awesome. Natalie, thank you so much for joining me. You were just a pleasure to have on. I so enjoyed getting to know you and sharing. It was wonderful to be here. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you. You're welcome. Listeners, viewers, if you want to learn more about Natalie Benamu and what she's up to at her, her Power to Leads, visit that, that website. It's herpower2.com. So it's H-E-R-P-O-W-E-R, then number two.com. 
And thanks again to our partnering sponsor, WorkProud, which helps companies build a platform where your workforce receives meaningful feedback. And thanks for the work from people across your company. Last week, if you missed the live show, you can always catch a recorded podcast. We were on here with Scott Warwick talking about the importance of the five skills he teaches as an employment attorney and HR professional to learn tolerance and diversity and inclusion initiatives. Next week, we'll be on the air with Deborah Westfall talking about her new book, Convergence, Technology, Business, and the Human-Centric Future. See you there. Remember that work is at least a third of our life, so let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Dr. Elise Cortez, each week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll create a world where business operates conscientiously, leadership inspires impassioned performance, and employees are fulfilled in work that provides the meaning and purpose they crave. See you there. Let's work on purpose.